it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here's your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good morning, good evening, and good day to you all. Welcome to a new version of our show today. It's called Marketing Magic, and it's going to be a monthly episode with myself and Celeste. So this is going to be a new show every month, and it'll be the first Thursday or first Friday, depending on what part of the world you are in, um, each month. So today we're going to be talking about understanding your brand uh, identity and its personality. So for those that are new to the show, I'm a marketing strategist for leadership speakers, coaches and consultants, specialising in LinkedIn lead generation and content repurposing. And it is my role to help you amplify your voice, your message and your impact. And I'd like to now introduce you to Celeste, who's co-host with me today. Hello everyone, I'm Celeste and uh, I'm also a marketing strategist, over 20 years experience in marketing and specializing in service providers. So our agency not only does the strategy but the implementation of your marketing tactics. Fantastic. So as we've promised, lots of fun and lots of great uh, tips and insights for you today. So let's kick it off with a conversation of what is a brand identity um, and is it just a logo? So can I ask you to kick it off, uh, Celeste? And I think that is so important. I was um, reading these days, as you start a new business, it's almost like you have your checklist of what you need to do and you have get your ABN or your registration of your business in other countries might be different and get your logo number two. And I think um, they're like almost stepping ahead of that step of understanding your logo's identity and personality, don't you think, Sally? Yeah, very much so. I, I actually often get asked, oh, Sally, can you help me with a logo? And it's like, yeah, do you know what you're selling? Do you know who you're selling it to? Uh, I don't think the logo is now. I think the logo is later. So I actually often do the logos uh, last little bit different with my clientele because my clientele tend to use um, their name as their brand. Yes. But I'll give you a bit of an example of why um, it's um, advantageous to not think about your logo first. I remember seeing a client, and this was a, it was actually a friend, so it was a friend of a friend, 
um, and she was super proud of this new logo that she created. Uh, and it, it was stunning. And it was a beautiful um, uh, black a silhouette of a woman with a briefcase, so sort of nice. your executive, um, your executive woman, and it had these beautiful pink uh, wings out, out, uh, you know, out the side of it, and it looked stunning. But it ended up later that a target market was men in the financial planning industry, so a total yeah. mismatch. Can I just even make a comment on that? Because um, I had a, a client just recently. And uh, I think people get a bit, um, they, they get it wrong with logos when they go about their personal tastes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to understand that your logo and your company is servicing someone else. Mm -hmm. So that the person you're servicing is the one who should dictate colors, fonts, look and feel and messaging. And I think that is like your story just highlights that perfectly. She was uh, portraying herself, but what she should be focusing on is that who she's servicing. Yes. Yeah. And she hadn't decided that because she thought she was going to go off in one direction and, and ended up in another direction because the need was there for exactly what she offered. Mm. And I had my own um, example many years ago when I launched, I wrote two books and I launched uh, Business business Mum Solutions. Um, and I was super excited about it. I was seeing the, the growth that women, we now know that women have had at the marketplace. Um, and I remember launching it and being super excited about it. But my community said, Sally, are you only working with mums now? Um, that was the women. Um, and yeah. then I had the guys go, aren't you working with me anymore? Aren't, don't yeah. you, won't you be looking after me anymore? Um, so that shift in, um, in brand just mm. completely, uh, as you said, disrupted my current yeah. community. It didn't actually engage a new community. Uh, it actually disrupted the one that I had. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a brand fame. Yeah, and and just uh, to to tag on what you just said, we had uh, someone uh, someone I know. She wasn't a client, but she created her entire website, and she was really um, looking few on the website. But at the end of the day, she wanted to service females, mm -hmm. and she completely missed the mark there. Because today, also, you have to be in touch of today's reality. Not every female is going to be a mum. Not every female who is your customer wants to um, have that alignment between their business and the mum life. So, you know, and, and even me, I'm a mum, but my business, me as a businesswoman and as a female entrepreneur, is it's almost like separate from, you know, being a mum. So I think uh, that research, and I think you and I talk about marketing strategies and planning so much, that is so important because you do that research on, on your market. Mm. And I think that's the key thing is, is diving into that research. I think everyone just goes into the pretty and the creative and, hey, yes. I get it, I like that much better than yeah. doing the research too. Um, but the research is really what dictates what comes next. Do you have some key questions that you ask clients? I think, yeah, I think the first question is always who are you servicing? Who you want this product or uh, I deal more with service providers? So who who is this person you're servicing? And really narrow down. Then that's when we really start understanding what your brand's look and feel and personality is going to look like. And I almost like start treating their brand as a person, as a standalone person. 
And I make these analogies of, you know, your brand is your personality. Mm. Who, who wants to be around you? Uh, what kind of people actually want to engage with you as a person, but then talking as the brand? Uh, because that's what it is. People want to buy uh, from brands they align with They're, that, you know, makes them feel good and um, service them, know how to talk to them. How, what do you ask your customers? Um, for me, because we generally brand under the name and sometimes I have the clients that have already got ex exceptionally large businesses that they've built off word of mouth so they've never actually had to have anything significant. They've just been very, very yeah. lucky based on a really great story or really great credibility coming out of an industry. So one of the common things is when they say, yes, I've, I've got my website, it's under my name, but I don't have any collateral at all yeah. systems because I usually come in and help them with the collateral and the systems. Um, is they go, well, I say, well, you know, what colours do you, do you want to go? Oh, and they don't actually have any idea. So then my next question to them is, okay, when, whenever you go to see that, you know, that really high-powered client, that real ideal client, tell me what you wear. Mm. Okay. Wow. Um, and then I go, tell me what, um, and in the, in the example I'm thinking of here, this particular gentleman always wore a particular dark blue shade of uh, jeans a black or a white T-shirt and a black um, sort of a dark grey uh, charcoal uh, jacket. So it was sort of that blend between um, casual and, uh, and professional. Um, and, and, then I, and then I asked him, so, okay, um, what other colours have you got around your office? You know, what's your colour of your diary? Those sorts of things. And he'd always like all of us because most people know I've got red everything. Um, he had um, a bright shade of blue and he had this sort of mustardy gold colour. Not a lot of it, but there was a few repeating things. So with that, you know, how do your clients usually see you and what do you what do you resonate with? We actually chose uh, brand colours for him that represented how people already saw him, so it was already a demonstration wow. of him. And, and that's aligned to, to who he was, so that, that's amazing. Yeah. One thing that I struggle with my customers, because they are service providers, So, um, and I would give a hint to everybody listening, if you're in the process of starting a business and it's just that they try to be way too creative with names and imagery and it kind of like people see it and they're like, I have no idea what kind of business this is. So uh, creativity is great, but it has to make sense uh, within what you, you know, selling or what kind of service you're providing. Please don't, don't try to go too creative. Sometimes it just hits the mark. Yeah, I was on a mastermind uh, call a couple of nights ago and one of the girls um, had the most stunning imagery. It was beautiful image of her and she was, had created this beautiful, um, I think it was a YouTube ban banner she was actually showing her. But the comments within the group was, but I don't know what you do, but I don't understand it. It's stunning, but. Um, so, yeah, it's that when you get that hinky feeling or that pause point, then, then you know, that, that becomes a problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, and I think uh, branding is a, is a very interesting topic and I think our conversation, like, hopefully will spark um really questions in people's minds because I think that's where your brand is really going to start shaping up is when you're asking those questions and you're trying to get the answers to them. 
Mm. But yeah, don't, I, I think, you know, try to go for the research and data more than the, the pretty little thing. Yeah. And I think when you're engaging with a graphic designer, make sure that you engage with a proper marketer as well who can do that customer avatar for you and, and the industry research because graphic designers are amazing and they have a certain skill set that I know I don't have and I don't know if you have, but it's a different skill set. But at the same time, they're dealing with a briefing. Yes. And that briefing is key to your branding to really shape up the way uh, that's going to help your business grow. So, and I think that briefing, sometimes lots of business owners don't know how to give it. Oh, what colors do you like? Oh, you know, I've seen some templates from graphic designers that I was working. Oh, what colors do you like? Yeah, that's not how you're going to get your branding. Oh, I love orange and blue and pink and like, it's just not going to happen. It's going to be messy. <laughs> one of the key things just on that colours, because orange isn't orange isn't orange until you actually look at orange um, and, and see so how many variations of that there there is. I go to um, a good old Dulux, which is a paint company here in Australia. I go onto their website and actually pull the colour swatches off of those um, to show clients, you know, are we getting close? Is this the blue? Is it this blue? Is it this blue? Is it this blue? Is it this blue? Um, and we use those then to then um, find the actual the actual color codes uh, mm. that your graphic designers will use. So that's something uh, a t- simple everyday tool. Go to your paint suppliers website mm. uh, to have a look at the sheer volume of how many blues or golds or oranges you could have, and then choose the one that aligns right for you, but also works well uh, together as well. That's a great tip. I actually never used that one. I might steal it from you. <laughs> Good, good in the good old days, we used to go down to Bunnings and actually pick the colour swatch, everything online. <laughs> and, I, and just on the colour as well, uh, since we, we're treating brands like we're talking about personalities and identities, which is a human being kind of uh, conversation. So, since we're kind of taking your brand to that human aspect of it, I think it's important to understand also the psychology. Uh, behind colors and fonts and all of that. And I think that's where the research comes from. Certain colors will ignite certain feelings in human beings. And it's a psychological thing. It's it's in the mind. It's not a marketer's um, suggestion or anything. It's actually their psychology books about colors and how they make people feel, you know, a sense of trust, a sense of fun. Uh, and also then understanding what kind of feeling you want your customers to feel when they interact with your brand. Is it an entertainment, fun kind of way? Is it an educational way? Is it a more corporate financial way? And the colors will tell you a lot of that, I think. Mm, yeah, very, very true. And I think uh, with the colors as well, um, with that psychology, it also blends into with the psychology then mapping up or across to you know, what are their most current challenges? What are their desires? You know, what do they like to do? Is that, does that uh, colour and the psychology behind that resonate with who they are, which is where it all ties in? And we've just yeah. had a question pop up in uh, the chat box, which is um, how, do, how, much does a brand, how much does branding have to convey? Which is a great mm. question. Okay, I'll let you start start with that one so brands need to uh, convey the essence of you 
Now, that's very much the essence of an individual because of who I work with, which is, your, you know, your name.com, et cetera. But it needs to be able to demonstrate what you, uh, what you do and who you serve. It needs to be resonant with that. So if your brand is a name, it needs to, if, you're, if you are soft and gentle, then your fonts and your, uh, your, the way your um, name brand stands out needs to be soft and gentle. If you're standing more in that power or you're standing confidently, then again, it's got a different, it's going to have a different look and feel to it, as well as the colours that go with it. Now, in, an, in your instance with brands as its service provider, and they're actually, a, it's more of a logo that's defining the what in a lot of cases that the brand does. Can you just share that? Yeah. And I think with, with the service providers, obviously, you can't focus on one individual, right? Um, so if you're an architectural firm or an engineer firm, it's not about that one individual that started the business. It's about how do you want your customers to feel after they interact with you? Mm -hmm. What kind of emotions do you want to bring to them? Um, the stories that you tell, that interaction, that one-on-one -on -one between your brand with your entire business, anyone that works in your business. And I think that's how it shifts. So it's not about that one person. It's about anyone that works in your business from the receptionist to the cleaner to the um, sales manager to the director and the CEO. They should make your customer feel the same way, mm. which is the way your brand's going to convey. So I think that's the shift. It's, it's a bit more extensive in terms of that alignment. And I think that's why. With the bigger the business is, the more clarity you need to have around what your brand actually is. Beautiful. I'm just going to dive in a little bit more there because I, I know the person who's put the uh, comment in the box. Thank you very much, as always. Um, so uh, ease would be what people feel and see and resonate with your brand as such. Um, the thing that you do, which is helping people enjoy being their true self, is the story that you tell underneath it, is, is your messaging. So your positioning and ease is the brand, the logo, the presence that you demonstrate. And then the stories that you tell is um, it's diving into how, how can you help people do that? What, what does that mean for people? How does that help them transform their way of thinking, their way of doing things, etc.? And I think it's painting that picture, isn't it? It's like what is their pain point today? What are, how are they feeling today? And then what's the journey with your brand and how, what does it look like? What's a bright new day? It's going to, brand new day is going to look like for them after you have uh, supported them. Yeah, beautiful. Well said. Thank you. So one of the other questions that we get asked a lot, and I'm sure you do as well, is around the brand's purpose. And I know we've sort of talked on that as well. What are the pillars do you see as it relates to service providers as to what a brand purpose for a service provider, what would their main pillars be or main key things for them to consider? And then I'll share mine. I think uh, the brand purpose is, so I think you have to have like a big picture kind of approach to, to identify your brand purpose. So um, what, what we, we think about is just not about the service itself that you provide, but what does it look like? like? What is the final outcome, the big picture outcome of that service, right? So I was reading a story and the, the pillar needs to, to look into that. So um, nobody buys um, a nail because they need a nail. 
they need a painting in the wall or they need to decorate their house or they need to build a house. What do they need to build the house? Because they're starting a family or they're growing up. So it's just going deeper and deeper in this question. So you do not sell, so Bunnings does not sell uh, tools and materials. And I'm not sure Bunnings actually translates to the US, sorry, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, yeah, so you're, you're not selling tools, you're selling what these tools are going to do for your customer after. And I think with the service providers that we have, it's that outcome. So you don't hire an accountant because you just need this tax return. You hire an accountant because you're growing your business and you, so it's just going deeper and deeper in, in those questions, I think. Yeah, and for me, I always refer to it as that the brand's purpose is to share the transformation and it's not your transformation, it's the transformation that the client is seeking. So if you're a leadership consultant, you've got uh, clients whose teams are dysfunctional, for example, and the transformation is what are the steps that I need to do to help this tr uh, team transform? What is transformation for that team? Is it tr is it relating to trust? Is it related, relating to communication? What is it literally the before picture of the problem and what is the picture of where they're wanting to head? And that's um, being able to um, share that and articulate that in their everyday language, not yeah. your language, but in their everyday language. So they go, yep, that person gets me. I understand what they've said. I think um, when you get into business, and I know I was terribly, terribly guilty of this, I, I wanted to appear extra clever. Um, so I used <laughs> lots, of, lots of great phrases and lots of stuff I'd learnt and, uh, and all those sorts of things. But even when I got, went back and re read it, uh, was reading it later, it was like, no wonder nobody got what I did because I didn't understand it when I read it later. So it's remembering to do um, at your communications in their everyday language. Oh, absolutely. Because it, it has to sound organic. It has to sound like a conversation, right? Especially with social media, all these new channels that we have that um, we've been having for a while. But these channels, like you can't write on social media in any different way than you would be chatting to someone. So and that's so important. Uh, the uh, what There's a saying that is like, you know, being a good marketer is not about you looking clever. It's about making your clients feel clever. Yeah. It's about uh, making them feel uh, that they're hitting the mark, that they're achieving and they are, uh, you know, achieving their goals. Yeah, that they heard that, that you understand them and that you are the person to help them along the journey of that transformation. Yeah. Well said. Um, and one of the other areas um, that people get stuck in is as it relates to their brand is, you know, how do they position both heartfelt and headfelt conversations? Are they, and I see lots of people go down an avenue of I'm very, very heart-centred or I'm very, very logical. And that is right to a degree potentially for the audiences that they serve. Do you have any comment on how you... Um, how that transposes for the service providers? Absolutely. I think um, one should never exclude the other. So you need the heart felt and you need the, the mind felt. Because once again, translating to being a human being, mm -hmm. um, we need our emotions and we need our intelligence to make the best decisions in our day-to-day -day life. That's the same for your brand. And that's the same way. At the end of the day, 
businesses are people. Your uh, your brand going out to the world is communicating to human beings, whether they're CEOs or they're a small service providers or they're um, a startup who has no employees or a solopreneur, they are human beings. Mm. And we have research after research in terms of marketing saying, actually, human beings make the final decision based on their emotions, mm. but they do need their facts and their brain to take that box and saying, okay, your emotional decision is okay, go ahead. And that is the perfect cycle for someone to really invest in your business by buying your products or uh, getting your services. So in my case, lots of my service providers are dealing directly with CEOs or board directors and things like that. Those people need the data. They need that number to back up their emotional decision. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm finding my, uh, with mine because my, a lot of my community are dealing with the high end of town and uh, selling programs and packages into corporate, etc. So they'll buy, they buy both the personality because, oh, wow, I really love that person uh, and they love the energy or the, the charisma or the, you know, the knowledge, but they yes. base, buy it based on do they understand what's going on for companies like me? Have they had past experience? Uh, can they help me actually really um, have they got that, been there, done that experience of transforming teams like mine as an example? So it is very much that combination when it comes to that buying process. And this is the bit that I think is the key element to sort of de uh, to stress here is the brand personality and, and identity is great, but you've all it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Also, got to be really conscious of the buying decisions that your audience uh, or that the audience makes. Um, and one of uh, my great mentors always asks the questions: Are you easy to buy? Is mm -hmm. have you demonstrated that? Does that make you easy to buy? Do people mm -hmm. understand you? Um, and we often talk about you know keeping the content and the information and the exp explanation down to a, an eight to an eleven. Or, 11 year old if they can understand it yes. and they can go yes uh, and buy it and you want those hell yeses versus uh, not quite sure <laughs> not sure not sure um so it's you know it's a combination of being able to demonstrate um both head felt and heart felt because people buy on emotion but they back it up with logic i think i've got that around they do yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just always remember, you can have uh, 30 different automations happening and you, uh, at the end of the day, you're dealing with a human being. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And that's in keeping the conversation light and that talking about automations and those sorts of things, which is the systemization side of things that we do, is people, again, get too clever with that, you know, their little messages that they're putting out to people. It's like, just make it a coffee conversation. Do it as though you're speaking to them actually really versus, yeah. the, you know, making it sound like someone's actually spent too much time typing this and now it doesn't feel human hmm. at all. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
Excellent. Um, and how does a brand, um, when you've got your brand identity and personality right, how does that go about attracting the right clientele? I almost feel that if you get it right, it will happen organically. I think when you know who you're talking to and you're using the right tone, just remember your brand also has a voice and a tone and it will all uh, be aligned to the look and feel, to the imagery, the photos. If you actually have that nailed, it, the, the right people will come through the door. Obviously, as long as you're using the channels and uh, really getting the content out there, I think you will start attracting the right people. What, how do you feel? Yeah, very much so. I've, I'm going to go back. I'll, I'll just pause and go on my rant of, you know, understanding your ideal client um, in a minute. But I think it's very key to say that it's absolutely paramount is if you've, if you've invested the time and you've got your brand personality and identity right, you need to know which channel your clients are on. Um, there's no good that being on Facebook if your clientele are on LinkedIn. There's no good being on uh, Twitter if they're not if they're over on YouTube. You need to know where they hang out. They'll hang out in a particular platform in a, in a particular way at particular days at particular times yes. that suits them, not you. That yes. suits them. You just need to know them intimately enough who they are, what, what what they like, why they go to certain places, what makes them feel good, where do they go for knowledge information, who yeah. do they hang out with, who do they, you know, what groups do they drop into, you know, where do they go when they're feeling happy, where do they go when they're feeling sad. If you, if you know that well enough about your clients, you can be there for them when they need you most. As and can I make an, a, a, just a little addition to that? And I think it, it's all about, I know you work with your clients about the systems and putting things in place. So, you know, your little company is, is sticking along nicely. I was uh, talking to a client the other day. Her target market was mums. Uh, and she was posting and she, she was posting on social media great content amazing content and was getting no engagement so she came for a coaching session for us to understand why she was getting no engagement mm -hmm. the only time of the day that she had time to do her posts and she wasn't kind of getting ahead so she was doing something that was working for her was the school drop-off times and those the school pickups when moms are not engaging because they just picked up the kids at school, they're sorting out dinner, kids are hungry, tired. If you have uh, children out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's when she was posting, when it wasn't a suitable time for the client. So once again, as a business owner, do it in a way that works for your client, not for you. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Sometimes business owners... They do things because, oh, that's the time that works best for me or that's the way that works best for me. It's not about you. And I think that's the thing I talk to my clients the most and repeat all the time. It's not about you. Sure. And if you are not available at the time that your clients need to engage, make sure you get systems in place, schedule things in advance, have support, outsource, so those things are connected. Yeah. Absolutely. And for my audience, depending on the clients uh, that they're looking for, we predominantly use uh, LinkedIn, obviously. And it's so not about your timeframes. As an example, 
uh, me and many of my clients, because as, as consultants, we're often on LinkedIn uh, daily or at least every other day. But the high-end CEOs are only on every, about every 28 days. And often the best time to actually get them is on a Saturday morning really early when they're having a coffee in bed yeah. or when they're planning late on a Sunday night for what they're going to do for the next day. But they're only on there once a month. So my my audience will say, well, how do I get in? How do I know when they're going to be on? And the answer is you don't know, but you know habitually they're on, on those, at those times. You just need to show up every week yeah. and be there when they find you. And, know, and knowing that and then gauging the engagement um, response will also enable you to tell if the trend has changed, which, of course, mm. it will, because the minute you get it right and you go, yeah, I found, we found it, something will happen. <laughs> change. <laughs> that's uh, welcome to... Uh, to marketing. <laughs> to marketing and humanness all over. We change a lot and grow. Um, so you need to be able to be, uh, be aware of that. And as you've just seen with us, with our personality, you know, that's part of our... Part of our life, that adaptability, I think, is very key from a um, a brand strategy perspective. Insight yes, absolutely. Strategy. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. Do you have any questions or any extra insights that you want to share with the group? Um, I think just from from a brand perspective, just to go as deep as you can and really. Forget logos. If you're not ready for a logo, don't do a logo until you really understand what your client is expecting and getting from your business and from your products or services, what solutions are, are you um, providing? And also just make sure you narrow that audience as much as you can. Nobody services everybody. So just <laughs> please, who, who are you selling to? Everyone. I want to yeah. sell to everyone. It ain't happening. No. Unless you're not even Coca-Cola can sell to everyone. So uh, you know, Nike can't sell to everyone. If those guys can't do it, trust me, your brand needs to narrow it down uh, and you might really benefit from having a marketer sitting down with you and really getting through those questions with you in your marketing plan. Yeah. And I think too, and I've, I've got some, I've just pulled up some questions that I think we can share with the audience and I'll get you to add to any of it. But I think the element there is, you often know your client way more intimately than you actually first think. And when you're struggling through it yourself, and I know this is my experience, I always go and seek, it, seek outside support. We often know way more than our brain lets us bring forward. So you often need somebody else to help you work through those questions. Yes. So I think that's a key element too. But it's about it's also about, you know, knowing who your clients are. You know, are they male? Are they female? What age group are they? You know, what do they like doing for uh, fun, for recreation, for learning? Why do they buy? You know, how do they purchase? Do they go buy from websites? Do they go in, in your case, with service providers? Do they go into buildings or do they go in online and then into a building? You know, do they, do they have budget constraints? What makes them feel fantastic? What annoys the crap out of them? Mm. Um, you know, what level of uh, customer service do they expect or uh, et cetera? Um, you know, how do they feel about your competitors? You know, who is there opportunities where a competitor's not serving them well enough in their eyes? Those sorts of things. Do you have any other questions that could help people move forward, uh, forward with defining things? 
I think it's just to keep in mind, I think your questions are brilliant and they're like what I usually dip, dig deep as well. But I think it's just understanding that the days where uh, mapping up who your customer is really was just between male, female, 30 to 50 are gone. Uh, and I think if anyone has ever been through a Facebook ad kind of um, step by step and you see the behaviors and you see that's actually I've recommended to a couple of clients to actually go through that Facebook, not necessarily to set up an ad, but go through the setting of an audience and they actually could really identify lots of um, of their clients. Say, oh, yeah, I never thought of that, of my client as someone who does X, Y, and Z. But, yeah, you're right. They have this. They've done that. So I think that's a good exercise to go through those step by step and think about your customer and where they fit in there. Actually, that's interestingly enough, that's something I've done with clients as well. And one of the key areas uh, for us is often what books have they read? That's a gives us significant insight. You know, have they read um, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, or uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, well, Dale, Dale Carnegie, uh, all those sorts of things. Books, uh, you know, what books they uh, read, what mm -hmm. movies they watch, gives you an indication of where their values sit, yes, and um, what actually motivates and inspires them, and that gives you some really good grounding when it comes to your your marketing and your story and your messaging. And aligning your brand to who they are. So I think that's thing. Nobody wants to do business with a brand that is not aligned to what they believe and, and how they live their lives. Yeah, very much so. Very, very true. Um, what do people, what, do you have any insights, and I don't know whether you do much of this um, work as such, but when somebody's had a brand for a while and they decide they need to have a rebrand, because I think that's often another common question. We've got a couple of minutes that we can sort of dig into that a minute as well. Do you have any tips yourself as because of working with service providers that when they decide they want to do a rebrand, where do you start with them? I think it's understanding first why. Why do you need to rebrand? I think that's my first question. Uh, I think sometimes people do it because it's trendy and it's like, oh, let's do a rebrand. We've got some budget in the marketing. Yeah. Oh, let's rebrand so fancy. And also understanding that rebranding doesn't necessarily mean changing your colors or creating a new logo. Rebranding is actually understanding, okay, have my customers actually changed? People started like, I'm, I'm actually dealing with a client right now, working with a client on their rebrand because they've been in business since the 70s. Mm. And they started with a certain set of clients or they, they're an amazing uh, South Australian brand. And they've been in business for so long that obviously the client of the 70s, they're still servicing because they, they've been servicing certain business from generations to generations. But now they need to incorporate the startups. And the millennials opening uh, their business and uh, this new uh, set of clients. So that's why the rebrand. So it's understand why am I rebranding? Okay, you're rebranding because, uh, you know, the, you're either servicing different people or you're providing different services and uh, products. So I think you start there. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you said that because we've got um, some rebrands going on around the place as well in the area, arena I'm in and it's, Sort of like, isn't this the, you know, you've done this rebrand 
didn't you do this a little while ago? But nothing's actually changed. You've just, in other words, you've only just spent a whole heap of money on the marketing, but nothing's actually changed. Tick the box. Yeah, tick the box. I'm not serving anybody any differently. I'm not attracting anything new. So what, what, again, why was it relevant to rebrand? Was it just a nice thing to do to use some money up or was there actually a real strategy behind it? Is there, as you say, new clients to to resonate with? Is there new products to offer these clients in a different mm. resonance way? That um, And the rebrand is to support the existing brand, not to create a change. It's to, to Absolutely. Add, add value. Can I just add to that very quickly? Because I was listening to a podcast with Zeph Gordon yesterday and, like, I think uh, in the U.S. he's famous everywhere. Um, and he was talking about going back to clients and, and saying, why are you doing this? Why is you you hiring us to do this? And he said if lots of people were actually to be honest in the, the clients, they said, the answer would be because my boss told me so. Because my <laughs> boss said he wanted this marketing money spent. And he said, you know, you really, with, with the service providers that I deal with, because they're sometimes bigger businesses, is also understanding, is your boss asking you to do this? Mm. And you're just trying to, to respond to that. And I, as a marketing manager, I had many heated conversations with CEOs that were my bosses that I actually pushed them back and said, no, mm. you don't need to spend money on this. Uh, there's no purpose. There's no goal. But also, you know, have that uh, inside of like, am I doing this because my boss has been saying we need a rebrand because you had this logo for so many years? Uh, and if so, maybe try to have more conversations with your boss, maybe bring some wine to the table and have a chat. Yeah. I think that's very important. <laughs> um, not the, the wine is important too, obviously. Um, <laughs> those tough conversations because um, I, I, that's just uh, brought up an experience of me when I was doing some work with a um, with an, some employed work in actual fact, um, and the, the client wanted me to use these particular photos in the marketing, and it was like no, I'd rather wait two more weeks to get proper photos because I knew the photos weren't right, and I kept saying they're not right, they're not right, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't significant enough for the brand. It was a little bit, they were a little bit more sort of mundane. Uh, and no, 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 use the photos, use the photos. And I went, okay, I've got to do what I'm told, got to do what I'm told. I used the photos and it was like, yep, yeah, I knew this was going waste. to happen. Waste, waste, waste. Because it wasn't, in that particular case, it would have been better to have photos that were aligned to the essence of the brand. Instead of having boring beige vanilla, we should have mm. had, you know, awesome photos that just were like, brilliant and we didn't and then as a result of it it was like everyone went Ugh. and I, and you know Sally it's a hard one isn't it because I appreciate it when you have a boss and the CEO comes with certain demands like sometimes you get stuck in in just responding to it and I think that's once again when it's really important to have a market a strategist mm -hmm. who's going to sit down with you and actually then okay so since we're going to do this, what is the best way forward and how are you going to get the best return of investment? Understanding return of investment is not necessarily just financial, mm. but where we're going to get something positive for the brand out of it. Uh, so you're not just sticking the box, but then you, you're creating an a new opportunity maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, very much so. So it all comes back to um, if you're looking at your brand, your brand identity, your personality, it's all around that alignment, being clear with the why, the what and the who, being very, very clear with the strategy, um, even creating it, living with it, breathing it for a little while, but perhaps before you launch, because I know if we rush too much, we always want everything yesterday, but sometimes it is good to take that pause to really see and uh, really embody is this the right time, the right colours and the right message for my audience to hear it. Mm, agree, 100%. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So just as a bit of a, um, a, bit of a promo for what's happening next month. So next month, um, Celeste and I will be coming back again on the Yay! first Yay! First Thursday or the first Friday of the month, depending on what part of the world that you're in. And next week's topic, is, uh, sorry, next month's topic, so it'll be around the, either the 6th or the 7th of May, and we're going to be talking on tools and tips to increase profitability. So different things that you can use and do to increase the profitability in your business. So we'll be talking on, uh, on all things tools, tips and profitability in next month's uh, Marketing Magic uh, on Secrets Exposed. Now, next week's uh, guest is Gary Dooley. Um, now, he's going to be joining us to talk about phenomenal teams. Now, um, for those that know me, you know I use the word inner uh, a lot. Now, Gary's inner genius is really creating phenomenal teams. He does this at the very, very high end of town. He works with very, very, very large organisers here in Australia um, and is often the coach to 180 uh, different staff members, really getting that team to align and transform. One of his soapbox moments, so we're kindred spirits, we both carry our little soapbox with us, is that team building is not about doing team fun day events for team building. <laughs> and if we want to get him started on a rant about what team building really is and how you actually create sustainable teams that perform at an ultimate ultimate level, then do join us uh, next on next week's show for Gary Dooley talking on how to create phenomenal teams. We'll be talking about building trust, building security and communication. Um, and Gary is the most uh, down-to-earth uh, person you can imagine. So That's going to be really good. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. <laughs> so we do actually, we've run ahead of time today, so we actually do have a couple more minutes. So do you have any final tips that you would like to share, Celeste? Oh, I think um, really for business owners, I find that sometimes when they uh, seek about brand, like see things a bit differently, um, really think below, like ahead of um, what are you trying to achieve, who you're trying to ask those questions. The other thing I was going to say is that forget about your personal preferences. Just, you know, start seeing things uh, through the eyes of the customer. Yeah or your ideal customer if you don't have one yet, if you're starting. Um, I've dealt with uh, clients before also that they just taken advice from different people and it, it, things got really confusing, like we're doing their logo and they were changing, they were making changes that made absolutely no sense. So when it comes to your branding as well, if you're going to seek uh, opinions, feedback outside of the a marketer, 
make sure that the people that you're seeking the advice from, they feed into your customers' kind of shoes as well. Because asking your mother-in-law what's her opinion about certain colors is not going to help your brand. I remember this client, we made 17 changes. And at the end, I sat with him and said, it's, it's just never going to work. And you never stop making changes because there's always going to be someone with a different opinion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really understand who you're asking. Their, so when you come to a mass marketer, I never talk to my clients about my personal opinion about logos. I, I've, I've guided them to create logos that I absolutely adored and I've tried to create logos that weren't for me because I wasn't their target market. So I'm using research and data to drive my my conversations. So I think, you know, just be aware of people's opinions when it comes to branding as well, please. It can get really messy. <laughs> you saw me writing notes. I was just writing advice versus opinions. So I'm glad you yes. got to that point. Um, when you're The difference between advice and opinions, just adding to that is, uh, advice is from those that are your target target market yes. or those that are marketers that understand your target market or can help you understand your target market. Opinion is, oh, but I don't like that colour, Is uh, and all those sorts of things is not going to help you gain clarity. Trust yourself, trust your instincts, trust what your audience, the ones that you are selling to, say. Absolutely. That because it's never about you, it's not about your mother-in-law, it's not about what you like, it's all about your client. It's about their timing, what platforms they're on, what things resonate with them, what things annoy them and what Mm. makes you stand out is understanding all the elements of them intimately. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, once you get different opinions from different people, it can get really messy and you can actually get lost in what was the brand to start with again? What, what were we trying to achieve again? I, I completely forgot. Um, so, yeah, be mindful of that because everybody's got their five cent in to give these days. I've seen a lot of business putting it out on social media saying, this, we're thinking of these or these as a logo. Which one do you prefer? Don't don't yeah. don't go to the the general public and ask their opinion, please. Yeah, I'm so glad you say that. I see that so much on social media oh. too, and I just sort of see all the different comments coming in and going, "Oh my god, that's getting so confusing." And the worst place that you can put yourself is further confusion. When yes. you start this journey, you need to seek clarity, seek people that will help you get clearer. Mm. Absolutely. So thank you very much for um, joining us um, on this show. We will see you again very much uh, next month on either the 5th or the, sorry, the 6th or the 7th of May. And we will be talking on marketing magic on tips, tools to help you increase your profitability. Thank you very, very much. And if everyone can thank Celeste for joining us on a monthly basis. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I trust you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern for more Success Secrets Exposed.
time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great 